Welcome back. Another very special edition of Ballin' Ain't a Hobby. We're going to be talking about some trades for the trade deadline. And this is a really special pod for us. It's uh, for everybody that's been tuning in. We've pretty much been going over potential trades almost every pod. So our content's going to take a big hit after this. Nah, I'm just kidding. We're still going to get it going. And you're going to have to tune in to find out. But first things first, the usual plug Hit us up on Ain't A Hobby, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. I mean, we've been really ramping it up, content through the roof, on fleek, on point, however you want to say it, but no matter what, it's coming. So make sure to follow us. And before we get it going, let me introduce you to Gene the Don. Coming over there, yeah, moving to a new spot, new places, same Gene, same Joe. Hey, what up, man? Excited to get into these trades. I have some things I've been... Trying to workshop, see if any teams will ever bite. But hey, man, it, as long as we get one or two moves, it'll be it could be a good trade season. Yeah, man. I mean, we'll see. The Harden trade was a little spoiled. We got spoiled with that, you know. It might so, have been everything, yeah. High riches, but you could tell how excited we were on the last one. But this one's just as exciting because you know we got a multiple teams coming out to play, mm-hmm. and someone that's coming out to play <laughs> always is Brandon DeGroote. Always playing. Yo, yo, yo. Yo. Word on the street is that they're they're asking for the four-hour cut of our trade deadline preview episode. I don't know. I don't know if we might have to give it to them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Brandon DeGroote cut. We'll see if man. they're ready, yeah. My guy's been pitching it. Yeah. He's like, they want the content. They want an overload. They want to be too much to handle. And All right, I mean, if that's what they want, we'll see. We'll see what we got for them. Yeah, let's talk basketball. Let's talk basketball. Let's talk about some active players. You know, Obviously, trade rumors going through the roof with – Teams that want to be buyers, other teams that are sellers that aren't doing so hot in terms of records. I want to start off with some sellers because, you know, it's all about giving. I'm really a giver. And in my opinion, this team is going to be a giving team. And that's the Orlando Magic. They got some they got some assets that they could really, get, you know, give to other teams. And someone that keeps coming up in trade rumors because of his potential that's you know been evident that hasn't really come to fruition so Aaron Gordon I mean what I'm hearing a couple of different teams I'm hearing the Rockets you know they might want to do like a three-team trade with him and Oladipo involved I'm hearing the Warriors who always want to improve pretty much get another super superstar and Aaron Gordon's someone that could progress into that I'm hearing the Celtics and the Blazers two top heavy teams that might be one front court piece away I mean, Joe, any of those teams stick out in terms of a player, um, a team that you want to see them go to? Yeah, the the funny thing about the Blazers one is that there's always a, a trade story about him for C.J. McCollum. And while there's there's been a time when you would say maybe you swap in Aaron Gordon's defense for McCollum's offense and Dame is like a better fit player, someone that could go a little bit deeper in the playoffs. But I think at this point McCollum has proven himself to be so like gifted offensively that you stick with him over an Aaron Gordon who can play both sides, but he's just he's not as close to the efficiency that McCollum is from three. And also he's CJ McCollum is like one of my favorite mid-range scorers. And like if you look at the numbers, he's one of the best mid-range scorers in the league. So I would say the Blazers one isn't something that I would totally think about. One that like this is I mean, the Spurs who rarely have any activity. The one that I'm kind of thinking about is maybe something where they give them Derek White, who could provide some point guard play to the Magic, who are perpetually in need of point guard play. They had Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz, and I think both of them have had injury troubles this year. Markel Fultz is out for the year, but Cole Anthony has been okay. He's had some moments, but someone like Derek White could really give them some consistent play, and then Aaron Gordon would be a huge upgrade from like LaMarcus Aldridge at the power forward position for the Spurs. So that could maybe help them and fit the same growth pattern as what DeJounte Murray and... Uh, Keldon Johnson and Jakob Pertl and just just the young core that the Spurs have. So what would you guys say about a trade like that? Um, I mean, obviously, I think the priority right now is getting rid of LaMarcus Aldridge mm-hmm. for the Spurs. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they necessarily want to be buyers. And yeah. That's going to be a buyout. There's no one trading for LaMarcus right now. That's going to yeah. be a buyout. Yeah, no. much money is he's making. It's going to be a buyout. There's... And then I mean, same thing with Demar. Like I mean, no one's going to. I mean, I, trade Demar's a, like. Demar's intriguing. good though. 
Demar's been trade good this year. prospect, but he's making a lot of money. He's an expiring, so I don't know, maybe a team. I think they keep. DeMar. I think they're not even feeding. I think they keep Demar. Yeah, they're not even feeding to keep Demar. I feel like he's honestly been their go-to scorer because obviously Deontay's still like Dejounte's still like work in progress offensively, and and Demar is the one that's keeping him in games, especially towards the end. Almost at a fault. Almost at a fault that he's like getting. Too, he's becoming too ball dominant at the end, and then that's where they kind of like lose control. Happened recently with the Mavs games, but. I mean, I don't mind it. I mean, Eric Gordon, I think, is a player that it can go one of two ways. I mean, you can go I mean, what's it really doing, though, you know? For That's the Spurs? I would say is like, yeah. I think yeah. They, they've always kind of lacked that wing depth since they've lost Kawhi. So if you have Keldon Johnson and Aaron Gordon in a lineup, like, that's that's pretty big and strong to defend most front courts. Is it moving the needle? I mean, I'm not saying that they would beat. I think it I'm is. not saying they would beat Paul George and Kawhi in a series, but those two could maybe match up with them. They can give them a chance, you know. And it's better than what they have right yeah. now, is what I would say for sure. If you get rid of Derek White and you put in Aaron Gordon, I think Aaron Gordon fits that team better. I mean, it's a, I think it's a better fit for the Spurs. Yeah. I just don't know if it's like totally like you know putting them at, at the top of the West. I know? think they're not totally so there yet. Be yeah. worth it for them. I think it's and like you said, they're 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 more conservative, so I don't know if they would really. Do something like that, yeah. But I, I fit yeah. wise, it's definitely, but it's a, it's a good fit. I think. Right, well, I just don't know if it's worth. That was it. an off the wall one for me. What do you got, Brandon? Uh, I mean, so for me, I, I'm looking at a championship level team that was gonna try to get over the hump, and I would say the Suns. Like, if you could put like Sarich and like two first round picks that are protected, and like maybe I don't know, maybe something else if you need to make it work. But I think if you put Aaron Gordon on the Suns. Or like going back to your Blazers thing, but I think if you put them on a team like that, that really could jump into that top level. Like I mean, the Suns right now, like we said, like they're 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 there. They're going to be competitive, but are they really gonna win? You know, make a good run. It's going to be tough. So that's why if you put Aaron Gordon, who's obviously not a lockdown defender, but he's a guy you could throw on LeBron, throw on AD. He could kind of play some small ball five, and like he's just been mis- miscast as hold like, on, hold the on, guy man. in Orlando. You, you think he could guard Anthony Davis though? That's the question. Can he guard Anthony no, Davis? No, he can't. Because that's he, why you do that. He, he, no he one can guard try, Anthony though. Davis. He's a body. I guess he, nobody I guess, can. That's I just, guess can a, he? Yeah. Can he do it better than anyone on your team? Then can he do it better than anyone on the Suns right now? I mean, I think he's an upgrade from Jay Crowder, from Cam Johnson defensively. I think Cam I think Johnson might be a little bit better. Just because he's a little bit bigger, and you put, I don't I know. I mean, but I'm I just, you give you give Aaron Gordon, like Devin Booker or Chris Paul, you're putting him back to like Lob City, where I think that's gonna be his. Like he's hasn't he's Blake Griffin that has never played with a good point guard. So that's true. And this is true. my second choice, my second choice where, I you know this isn't necessarily a, a winning team, but I think the perfect spot for Aaron Gordon would be Charlotte Hornets. You give him and Aaron to Lamelo, I think that's like. Lob City 2.0. Lamelo's out for the rest of the year. Yeah, Lamelo's out. Lamelo's out now, but I'm saying it's going to the future. Like, yeah, well, that's you the have thing. Aaron that's Gordon the thing. on that team. You think they should I still th- do it right now, though? You think they should still try to? It, it it's tough. I don't know. I mean, it's obviously well, messes Aaron everything Go- up now. But if Aaron Gordon's gonna get traded to someone else and you want him, I think like you can do it. It's not like he's gonna really help you win games. I think like the two teams that make the most sense is that three team trade with the Rockets if. The Rockets feel like they can he can be one of the cores with him and Christian Wood. But realistically, the Warriors is something that intrigues me because I know they're shopping Kelly Oubre and almost their their contracts are almost identical with Kelly Oubre being 15 mil and Aaron Gordon being 18 mil. And I think Draymond I mean Draymond, Aaron Gordon, and Wiseman all be on the court together does not feel like a good fit to me. Unless yeah, but they're not going to all be guys. on the court together. They're not going mean, to all be on the court that together. I mean, that's you would want. I mean, those are your three top three players, like like in the top five. Like you'd want them to be on the court together. It would be an insurance policy for Draymond Green for sure. But closing games, though, if you're trying to close a game, someone one of those guys are sitting sitting out. But Aaron Gordon, you don't want Aaron Gordon closing games, man. He's not a clutch player. I mean, if you're signing him to a twenty million dollar contract, I definitely want him to close the game for me. But the beauty is Wiseman's still on a rookie contract, so like the, that could be great for Wiseman's I mean, progression. Sure, he doesn't have to like... get heavy minutes. You pay Eric Gordon at the five or like at a four, and then Draymond at a five, and then you still have size in the front court. With I don't know, you know Draymond. He's, he's... Draymond's definitely kind of lost a step to an extent. He he's there, but I don't, I mean I just feel like you're just you're not gonna get the max maximizing everyone's value if you unless you give up Wiseman or Draymond Green, which I don't think they would do. 
Well, at this point, like you said, Draymond Green, he is what he is. He might know? be on the way out. Like, he's maximized. He might be, like, one or two more years of, like, really good basketball. So, essentially, you're trying to, like, re-sign Aaron Gordon to become... The next Draymond. A Draymond Green, yeah, a Draymond Green type player, except way better offensively. You're losing some defense, but if, you know, he gets some mentorship Not, with him... I mean, that's the thing is, though, I, I don't... I mean, I think Draymond Green's passing is is incredibly underrated. Like, Steph oh, for Curry, sure. like... I think is he's the greatest shooter of all time. We've said this a million times, but like I think he's benefited off of having Draymond Green. Like Steph Curry doesn't have to really be the main like point guard of that team, which is kind of crazy. Like Draymond Green is like the main point guard of that team, and like the way they work yeah, together, yeah, he's a point center. Like the way he's they a can, point center. Like they, they 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 pick and roll, and like everyone has to go cover Curry, which leaves Draymond Green basically in just like a wide open court, and like he just picks defenses apart. Like I think. Like, Draymond Green's offense is a big part of that team. So, I don't know if I would just say, like, let's just get rid of him for Aaron Gordon. They just got to hope he doesn't want a big contract for his next contract. Because Draymond is, like, he. there's no undeniability that his offense has fallen off. You know, if he's not shooting, if he's not putting up eight points a game, like, I think he's averaging below eight points per game this year. So, it's just, it's tough to justify giving him a good chunk of the salary cap if he can't do that. So, you want an Aaron Gordon as a replacement. I'm, I'm a little bit with Abel that... It's just a good backup for them to have at the end of the day. I mean, I think Draymond Green's like that leadership role. Though. He is, though. No, he's the heart of the team. So, like, I, Draymond would also kind of have to be in on it, too. Draymond would have to be supportive of it. And I don't think Steph is like that. We'll, we'll see. I mean, they might not make a move. They might just be sitters. But you've been one of the people that said you want to maximize all the time you have with Steph Curry. And I think Aaron Gordon. I mean, you're not going to do that with Clay on the bench. No, you know? I mean, that's why Clay's out. So, it's like get the best players in there and i would just say the same thing for aaron gordon and Derek white aaron gordon is a better player than kelly Oubre, in my opinion so if you can get a little bit of a better player i think it might be worth it you're for essentially them. replacing kelly Oubre. what would the magic get in return with kelly Oubre? they'd probably need a pick or something second round or something well they they'd ha- they they have the minnesota pick so they can give their own pick they can give their golden True. state pick yeah that's why the that's why the magic i wanted to start with them they're going to be big sellers because their season is essentially lost they got Aaron Gordon, who's high ceiling player, has been pretty much his whole contract, and hasn't really panned out. But I think the league still views him as a high ceiling player. You got Vucevic, who's having a career year. I mean, all star, all star level player, and you know they could easily sell him to a highest bidder. Wink, wink, Boston Celtics. Um, and then they got Fournier, who's just a good scorer, good three point shooter. That is also an inspiring contract that I, I'm sure anyone could uh, would love a, another score and another shooter. So, so essentially, next year's is an inspiring contract, and you get a free pick without banking next year. I guess you could see if his market is better next year, but he's uh, not. Kelly Oubre is trash, though. Uh, it's a downgrade. I would re- like, and you're getting a pick from the Warriors. You're getting the money off the books quicker instead of waiting for Aaron Gordon next year. Aaron Gordon's better than a cap dunk, cap dunk though. Like, I'm not just just the way that they've operated. Like. It's gonna t- it's gonna take more than just Kelly Oubre's expiring contract. They should know better, I guess. Brandon's right. They should know better to just let flip him like that. I guess they could they could wait it out. they could wait it out for another year. But I mean, this year he's already like been injured whole, the whole year. Next year his his value might rise if he has a really good end of this year. And for whatever reason, the Magic with a full full pieces of Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, Aaron Gordon, Vooch, if they all you know come back, his value might be great. But I think getting getting the Golden State first round pick is something that you might not get next year. So who do you like for them to trade Fournier if you had to pick a team, Abel? I mean, I think Fournier. I would really like them to him to go to the Celtics. I know the Celtics are kind of like front court players. They're, they've been more in like a front court market. Yeah. But I think he could really help out with their shooting. I mean, sometimes I feel like their shooting can get a little stagnant with ISO moves with Brown and uh, Jason Tatum. So just adding that extra shooter is something that could really help them out. I mean, realistically, the Celtics is just going to be a hard with their uh, with their cap space. They do have that twenty eight million dollar trade exception. Like I said, I know they've been heavy in that front court market, but just adding a shooter, I think, is going to relieve a lot of stress with them. It's going to allow Marcus Smart to not necessarily be the third option. I don't think so, though. I mean, I mean, you have two twenty five point per game scorers plus Kemba, who's just like a luxury at this point as your third guy. Like, I think they need a front court guy. Like, it wouldn't hurt to get Fournier, but I don't think it's really going to be, like, 
Game changer. It's like I think they need a big man. The big man which I just don't know. It's gonna be hard for them to pull off a trade for a big man. Yep. People are saying Vucevic, but the word is that they don't want the Orlando doesn't want to trade Vucevic. The defense is still an issue. I think Vucevic is probably the least likely to get traded out of the three. I think Fournier is the most likely just because he's on an expiring. And but who knows how the market is? He's the easiest to work out a deal with. He's I the think. easiest to work out a deal, and I mean, like I said, a, sh- a score shooter off the bench. I mean, I he he would help anybody any as your, as your yeah. seventh guy. Like he would help anybody. Yeah. It's just like he's not. He's just more of a rotational piece. And I don't know if like, like he like he would help the Celtics. I just you know I don't know if it's like exactly filling a need that they have. Like where like I think yeah. Vucevic or Aaron Gordon would. I mean, and possibly another team that you know might makes sense for them is the Dallas Mavericks because obviously their shooting hasn't been great. Josh Richardson has stepped up recently, but they, they're someone that could always make it work. I mean, they could get trade like Dwight Powell and like a first rounder. Not, not obviously not next year because the, the Knicks own that pick, but a future first rounder, Dwight Powell, and they can get Fournier back. And I think the, the Magic would happily take that trade and to add Fournier as another scoring punch off the bench. You know, with with him and Tim Hardaway, Jalen Brunson, like that's those are just like great shooters to surround Luka Doncic and, and Porzingis with. So that's another team that that might make sense. I think realistically, besides those, uh, not too many. I mean, I would want to say the Clippers, but the Clippers don't have any assets. I don't think they're gonna wanna they're gonna give anything to bring in Fournier or to entice any team. I mean, I think they might get like a Grand Hill or something like that, or a Ricky Rubio. I think that's the extent of their of their moves in the Clippers, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man, unless something crazy with the three team trade. I mean, anything's possible, you know, it's, it's America. Shout out USA, but Ola Depot, man, I'm hearing that literally the, uh, the Rockets just want to scrap him cause he's not in their long-term plans. Um, they could probably flip him for like a second round pick and, and some, and like a contract up or something like that. So he's he's someone I've even heard like a three team trade, you know, him going back to the Magic, but obviously the Magic don't want him. So maybe like a Magic three team trade where somehow Aaron Gordon ends up on the Rockets, um, Depot goes to the Heat, and then the Magic just get like a couple first round picks and a salary dump or something like that. I mean, do you guys feel like Olo Depot would kind of tip the the Heat over the edge? Who are you giving up from if you're the Heat? Um, I mean, if you're the Heat, <sighs> they have no first round draft picks. Yeah, it'd have to be a player. The Rock, the Rockets would probably give up some picks to keep like, Aaron, to get Aaron Gordon back. Is Oladipo like gonna be that much better than the two to three players you have to give up on the Heat? He might, but like it might just kind of be yeah. a wash. It'd probably be like Goran Dragic. They probably give up Goran Dragic and then like a, I mean, f- a couple fe- like, a future pick or something like that. You don't. They don't have any picks though. They don't have any picks. So like, I'm, there's, there's no reason the Heat, the Rockets would want Goran. I think the Rockets are sellers more than anything. It would have to be like Tyler Hero or Precious. No, I mean, most of the people that they're obviously Hero and uh, Duncan Robinson are hot commodities and trades. It'd be Goran with like Precious or something. Yeah, it'd have to be Goran with like Duncan Robinson or something like that. But uh, But I don't know if they would do that, but that's what I'm saying. Would would you think Oladipo would be worth that to give up Hero or to give up uh, Goran Dragic and Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson? Nah. I mean, I don't think that's enough for Oladipo. I think they just wait for free agency because he's going to be a free agent this offseason too. They don't need to rush. Yeah. You don't need to pull the New York Knicks. There's no need to pull a New York, New York Knicks and like gut the team just to sign Carmelo like six months later. It would have been way better instead of trading for him. And Oladipo's not that good either. Nah, so. Duncan Robinson's a huge player for their team. Like he opens up everything. My, no, I actually I side. You guys got me sidetracked because I like I said I think the Rockets literally would just take a pack of smokes for Oladipo. They really realize that right. there's really no trade market. I don't think I, I. So I think to an extent you're right, but I think at the same time to get Goran Dragic in a second round pick. That, I mean. So you're base you traded James Harden for Goran Dragic in a second round pick like nah like Oladipo was at least a player that you, it was an all star you can convince yourself like we can build around this guy like you're gonna need to get at least they're some not kind gonna of young player yeah, he's or not draft back, though, not gonna, need to get some dra- he's not coming uh, by, back dude. but like, Goran Dragic is just not uh, like is gonna not, be there that next not, year no, at least he's gonna be there at least next year and what what does that do for you what does Goran Dragic do He's a mentor for Cade Cunningham. It's better than not getting anything. The Oladipo's going to walk. Yeah, I think you could get a better deal, though, is my, what I'm saying. No, the, but the reports are that nobody wants to give him a better deal. That's why they're exploring a three-team trade with the Magic and, like, the Heat and stuff because, like, nobody wants to – That's three-team trades is just to make the contracts work, and most of the time it's not to optimize the deal. And so, 
I think that's something that might that might happen where they can get someone Oladipo on the low, and then I think that he could, could resign him for you know maybe like eighteen mil a year deal, and that's essentially what they're paying Goran Dragic. It's a possibility, but my team for Oladipo would be you throw in Shake Milton, Danny Green, and a first round pick, get it done. You're gonna get Harden, but you got Oladipo. It's a little risky, though, because Oladipo has only shown flashes this year. Oladipo hasn't totally shown that he's, like, You don't think he'd backpack. be an upgrade for the Sixers, though? You don't think he'd be the perfect fit on that team, the type of player they need? He could be. He'd no, be he, an extra ball handler, an he extra scorer. That's not – and, like, he wouldn't have a load. Like, I mean, he, you'd have Embiid, obviously. You even have Tobias, who's, like, been pretty efficient and pretty good this year. And, like, Oladipo would just kind of slide in as a ball handler as, like – a secondary scorer off of Tobias and Embiid, and then Simmons is just going to be the floater, just kind of doing whatever he needs to do. I don't hate that. I don't hate that. So who are the Rockets getting again? Who are the Rockets getting again? I mean, it would probably. I would say Danny Green, Shake Milton. I would say Shake Milton, Danny Green, and like a first because they actually have first. I would take that over the the Heat, heat package unless I'm getting Hero or Precious. I w- I wouldn't want Goran, but I don't think the Heat would give up Tyler Hero or Precious. Like for what, like we said, you'd rather just sign them. At the, in the offseason. So if I'm the Sixers, I think I don't think I would give a maxi, but I would be willing to give up Shake. I'd be willing to give up, you know, a first round pick or two protecting. And if you're the Rockets, like you have to be happy with any kind of draft picks back. If that's like, if you're just really trying to tank over the future, like, and Shake is a, a nice player. Yeah, no, I, I definitely like that trade better for the Rockets. Yeah, a little I bit mean, like I definitely like that. Landry Shamit, someone who's just like, I a was good little, yeah, I, I was just about to say, yeah, it's kind of like the Landry Shamit for Tobias Harris trade almost. And he's only 24 years old, so he's a younger player. He's not very, like, old in terms of his career. Yeah. I think the Sixers should make a big push for Oladipo. Like, I, they definitely have the asset to do it. And like you said, like, the, if the Rockets aren't getting any traction and, like, they're not going to sign him, like, I think anything you get from the Sixers will be a, a, a win in your book. Unless you are just going to, you know, accept the L and just re-sign him in the offseason, trade him yeah. at some point later. Or you could do, like, a sign and trade in the offseason, too. Like, that is an option, but... It's obviously like yeah. a little risky. Yeah, the way the Nets have played, they should want to upgrade. They should want to get as much as they can out of this roster, and getting Oladipo would be that ten to five percent extra. Yeah, I mean, I definitely love that. Would it put it on the on the level of the Nets? I think it would, or it'd be close. I think it would. Because he's, he's, he's a two way. He's a two way player. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, this is no conversation without Embiid or Simmons. Yeah, assuming assuming full full strength. I think you put Oladipo because I mean that was a Kyle Lowry trade at first, but now it's not sounding like the Raptors don't want to try trade Kyle Lowry. So and like again, that's just thirty mil. It's gonna be hard to make the money work for expiring. And like I mean, Oladipo's like at twenty mil. He's at, I think like twenty one mil, twenty two this year, which is very easy to work out a trade for. So and yeah, I think the Sixers would be. I mean, Sixers are my team to like, look, like to watch this at the trade deadline. They're the biggest team that's like closest to being at the top level. Where like, even if they don't make a move, they have a chance to win a title. But if they do make a move, they have a chance to put themselves at the top of the East. Or at, at the East, so like, you know, it could have been that PJ Tucker trade where it's marginal, or it could be something big like Oladipo. Either way, I think they're the team that should look to make some kind of move. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree because like. They definitely need an extra an extra player like that that will just be a good role player, but also get his own bucket, be a leader. And Oladipo, I mean, it would definitely make more sense for both teams. But the thing that scares me is, like I said, the Oladipo trademark is really just not looking as good as I think the Rockets had hoped for when they got him, because I'm sure they, they got him to flip him. And, it, I mean, maybe they're just uh, doing that, and then the Sixers are going to be the benefactors of that and be able to get him on the low and maybe not even necessarily have to throw a first round in there. Maybe just Danny Green, Shake Milton, and a second round pick or something like that. I mean, I just but, I would give him like a first round pick like five years out, you know, or something. And it's like, you yeah, know, just whatever. I think that, that definitely makes more sense than the heat trade. But I think the heat trade is more of what the market is looking like I right now. I mean, there's now. been more rumors for the heat. Yeah. Oladipo has been saying he wants to go to the heat. I just don't think they have the pieces. Unless, like I said, you give up Tyler Hero. Or precious, and there's just I just don't think it's smart to do that right now. The Heat have played well enough. The Heat have played pretty they're, good. They're playing really good, but like I don't know if like if Oladipo's like enough to where, I mean unless they really think like this is the year they have a chance. Oladipo's a guy like, but I mean Tyler Hero could be better than Oladipo in two years. You know, Precious could be too in two years. Like it just it, it'd be hard to give up a young player like that for a, a half a season rental. 
Yeah, I think. Yeah, it wouldn't be worth it. Yeah, I think they stay put. I think. Yeah, I think. I mean, Lowry might be the only one to be worth it to get rid of Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, but even then, just you're switching. But like, he's even thirty-five players for yeah for a thirty-five-year-old. At yeah. least Oladipo is 28, 29. Like Oladipo's or Kyle Lowry's like. I mean, if you have draft picks... But Kyle Lowry player, would put you over the top right now. Like, Kyle Lowry I think will if, make that team over the yeah, top. Like, essentially be, like, top three in the East with Nets and Sixers. But it's just, like, at the same time, it's just, like... Well, the Depot, like, it's, like, 50-50. But you trade Oladipo's Tyler like Hero. But I don't I don't even know, like, how much... Like, is it worth this last, you know, half a season to be better without having Tyler Hero? If Tyler Hero ends up being, like, really good in five years, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, it's, like, Kyle Lowry's... He's a surefire asset. I mean, Oladipo, it's like the upside might be there, but this year, is it going to be, it, you know, and he still has something to prove. Whereas Kyle Lowry's proved it more than enough, especially in the playoffs. Like, he can do it. He can get it done. So that's the only reason why it's more appealing if I was the Heat, and that would be the trade that I would probably give up the younger assets. Still wouldn't like it for the Heat, because like you said, Tyler Hero. If I'm a Psy, I do that in a heartbeat. You get If you're offering yeah. me Tyler Hero for Kyle Lowry... You- he, I sent him there yesterday. Well, know? I don't know uh, if they're going to get Tyler Hero. It would probably be Duncan That's what Robinson. I'm saying is, so, I mean, I, I don't think Duncan Robson would be enough, though. I think you probably just ride it out with if you're the Rapper, Raptors. Maybe Precious Achua and Duncan, something along the lines of that, where they get, like, a future pick or a future player. You still need to make the money work out, too. Yeah, that's true. Lowry makes a lot. Yeah, it had, no, it would probably be it would probably be Duncan Robinson and Goran. It would probably be Goran and Duncan Robinson. And, then some, and I just know, feel like that's not else. a good package for the Raptors to give up your, like, franchise guy you know like when you gave up Demar, it was like for Kawhi, you know it was like a clear upgrade to just like downgrade kyle lowry to goran and duncan like you'd have to be a young player or i feel like i just see them just riding it out i mean they they have a chance to like they're probably gonna make the playoffs play in tournament at least i could see them just you know i I, they said they don't really want to trade them it seems like it's either because they just don't want to or it's just hard to work out a trade with the money his age where he's at but he obviously was the most intriguing trade piece. If you're the Raptors, would you trade him? You trade Kyle Lowry, right? I mean, I would. They're on an eight-game skid. I mean, I think realistically, do you really think you're going to make a competitive push? Do you want to invest a long-term contract or even a contract in a 35-year-old Kyle Lowry? I would try to get some pieces back. Especially them that just won the title. They don't need to win. They're not like fiending to like... More laxed. They got the monkey off their back. Yeah, they're not. they're not like we have to make the playoffs. Like the Bulls, like the Bulls right now, like... They're like they would love to be a nice mediocre make the playoffs, yeah. yeah. Because it's just like that, you know. They just want to taste. But like the Raptors, like getting the eighth seed or seventh seed, like is nothing to them, you know. Like I don't think they would care for that. So I think they the business business decision would. So be, you'd rather resign Kyle Lowry? No, I'm saying you should trade him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think Duncan Robinson. Nah, Duncan Robinson's not enough though. You're not gonna get anything back. Duncan Robinson could be a good role player. He, he's he's and that's what you you might as well just like just like what ride it out with Kyle Lowry. What's Goran's tr- contract? 18 mil, and then it expires next year, end of next year. Okay, why would I want Goran Dragic next year? I'd rather just keep the 30 mil off the books this year and then just sign a free agent or something. Why would I want Goran? That's just transferring the money to a worse player. Because you're getting probably a first-round pick, and you're getting Duncan Robinson. But also, the Heat don't have any first-round. You're not getting picks. a first-round pick. Oh yeah, you're not. You're probably well. You're you gonna get, get Duncan the, Robinson, who's a good role player and arguably uh, like a historically good. Where's he shooter. playing though on that team? The best three-point shooter on that team. You got Norman Powell. You got OG. He's he's off the bench. He could be a six man. He could be a six man. I don't think he's not enough for Kyle Lowry. I think I think the Raptors might be able to get a little bit more than Duncan Robinson. So like if the Masai Ujiri would have to really like the floor spacing that Duncan you provides. Just, you know what you're getting with Duncan. You know what you're getting with him. It's not like he's gonna has any like untapped potential. Like he's a good player for a good team, but like he's what does he do for the Raptors? But if that's the best offer they get, I mean, like Abel said, Kyle Lowry might just walk. So I would let him walk and keep the money. I would the the expiring contract is an asset. I would just keep that asset. Let the money get off the books. But Duncan Robinson's an expiring contract too. But what are you gonna do with that? That's a, then you have to worry about signing him to a long term deal. And I could just try to sign him in the offseason at that point. Like I would just let the money, the thirty mil, get off the books if Duncan Robinson's my only return. I would just let it go off the books and see what I could get of. of if it makes your team worse, if it makes your team worse, then it allows you to tank more. So. I don't know. There's that play if that's what they want to do. I don't know. Yeah, taking's kind of dead though. I mean, I kind of see where you're coming from, Brandon, and I, I don't. I don't disagree about getting the money off the books. Um, it's just like expiring contract might as well get something. Because I think him. that's the value. Like using Kyle Lowry to another team would be like 
you're dangling him as an expiring contract to other teams. Like, other teams are going to look at him as like, all right, we could get like a half year rental and then we could just get him off the books, you know? But I think the Raptors would just look at him at it the same way. They would be like, we'll just rent him basically for the half a year, even though they still have him. And then just don't resign him. Unless you're going to get a young player that you could, that could actually help your team. I mean, Duncan Robinson's right at the cusp. I just think he's just too. Role player. Too much of a role player. Too much of a role player. Too much yeah. of a role player. I mean, he's like, he's the optimized role player. He's the optimized role player. He's a perfect role player that fit on any team. If you give me a first round pick with Duncan, I would take it. It's just they don't have any first round picks. Yeah. It'd have to be, it'd have to be with the 13. That's what I think of the, six, the Sixers have first round picks. Sixers have first round picks. That's why. If they even, even if they just gave up Shake and a, a pick, Danny Green, like they, they gave that package to for Kyle Lowry, I would like that too. But for whatever reason, it seems like the Raptors just changed their tune. Like like two weeks ago, there was like a done deal. This is happening today, and then like the next day, there was reports that like Kyle Lowry is going to be a player coach. Like it really went a full one eighty. So like I don't know, yeah. like I don't know where they're at right now in Toronto. I mean, yeah, I mean, I was one of those guys where I was like, what's the point of even talking about Kyle Lowry? It's a done deal that he's going to Philly, and here we are, <laughs> the week of the trade deadline, and still <laughs> yeah. no traction. Yeah, but I mean, on to the next one. I mean, another player that I kind of heard rumors about that might be on the market, and this actually gets me really excited because I'm a big fan of his, is uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. And, I mean, do you guys feel like there is a, a market? Is it even worth trying to flip him? Is it, is it worth just kind of holding him out and seeing what you can get from him next year? Was well, he supposed to come back this year, or is he out for the whole no, season? He's no, he's definitely out for the whole the season. Yeah. yeah, he's done for the whole year. So it's essentially just like saving him up for next year. And, I mean, next year is his expiring contract. You could, like, literally re-sign him for a cheap contract if, like, you extend him right off the bat. You trade for him and extend him right off the bat, probably for, like, 15 mil, maybe a little bit more. You got to pay like, him in Bitcoin, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be pushing for it, but cool. it's cool. It's cool. It'll be worth it. He's 27 years old, too, so I, you just really hope that he has a full recovery from this injury. What was his injury? Do you guys know? Yeah, it was an ACL, so that's that's the that's the tough part. I would trade him for literally anything that could help me win this year. If you're the Nets, I'm going 110% in this year. You already got Blake. Literally give me anything. I would take 70 cents on the dollar for Spencer Dinwiddie just to give me an asset that can help me win this year and solidify my chances of winning a title. You give me, like I said, literally anybody. I would, I would, like, what's it, like, you give the magic, give me all, the thing is that it's going to take a, 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 it's going to be tough though. It would take a, a losing team. That's want that's willing to take Spencer Dinwiddie because they know it's gonna help, hurt, like help them tank, and like they're gonna w- willing to you know go on have them come in next year, and they have to have a player that worthy of giving up. That's like they're worth that's worth like it's a tough trade to think of on paper, but I would just give them up give them up for anything if I'm the Nets. Yeah, I mean I would lo- I would love the Bulls to get them. Just because I think Dinwiddie's from Chicago, and but the 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 person that would make the most sense money wise would be giving him Thad Young, and do you want to give Thad Young arguably your one of your best players, uh, besides Levine, to the Nets? That's pretty much just like giving him, giving him the ship at that point. Yeah, he played for the Bulls, but he's from California. Oh, he's he from went to school in Colorado. So he's got he's got ties to the Bulls, but I mean I would yeah, love to see that. Yeah, a little homecoming. He yeah, came so, here. They didn't know how to evaluate him. They let him go because Garpag sucks ass, and then he's been a good player ever since. So yeah, let's get him back. Let's have him have a, a good yeah. turn with the Bulls. That's that would be nice. Yeah, I think that because I mean Thad Young, it's essentially you you've gotten way more than you expected from him. So you might as well get oh, some yeah. asset. And I think Dinwiddie. I mean Dinwiddie was a really good player when healthy. Obviously, it's being optimistic that science is still doing its thing and killing the game in terms of helping recovery. players recover. Yeah, mm-hmm. and helping players recover. And like you said, that, that would probably help with – I mean, I know the Bulls want to be competitive this year and, and make a make a push for the playoffs, but what, what's the point of, of being an eight seed? I mean, there's no point. Giving you so, No, you have to – no, giving Zach Levine a culture of winning makes a difference. The people that say like, oh, just lose, just lose. All right, now we're ready to win. Turn it on. It doesn't work like that. You have to build a winning mentality, I think. And getting them to the seventh, eighth seed, sixth seed, if they can, like, I don't think there's, I think there's value in that. And sure, like, if we're getting a top five team, then sure, like, let's go all in and get a tank. But like, if it's a matter of getting like the ninth, 10th pick or getting the 16th, 17th pick and making the playoffs, I'm 110% ready to make the playoffs. Build culture, build winning, and like look at you. You see what 
the Nets and the Clippers did. They were scrappy teams that could have easily just mailed it in the second half of the year and just gotten out of the playoffs, but they made the playoffs. They put had were competitive in the first round and then were able to attract free agents because partly because they are in L- L.A. and Brooklyn, but, I mean, Chicago is Chicago too. And, like, building a culture is, I think, I, I mean, we haven't gotten a free agent since our guy Carlos Boozer, so it's been a while, but... Like, we haven't gotten a free I, agent, you were saying? Sorry, yeah, yeah, so we literally That's... never gotten a free agent, is what I said. And uh, so yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. like, I, th- I think you build a culture, you give Zach Levine actual a chance to prove himself in the playoffs and, like, show people, like, hey, I could compete. Like, I'm a player that's worth playing with. Like, I think there's value in that. Unless we're getting a top three pick. Yeah. But Can I put you on the spot and say what trade do you think the Bulls should make then to put Zach in a better position to succeed? Uh, what about Denzel and Felicio? Denzel and Felicio. Four. For Dinwiddie. That makes sense in terms of the money. But Dinwiddie's not helping us this year. Dinwiddie's not helping us this year. He's saying we need a, t- we need a player that's going to help us this year. Is Felicio, is Felicio going to help this year? We need somebody to help us this year. We want Literally, what the hell would the Nets do that for? Felicio will help. Felicio is not playing, bro, in the in the Nets playoff game, bro. He is not seeing the court. Yeah, the Nets aren't getting shit out of that. But you're getting Denzel Valentine. He's not, not playing seen Denzel the court in a playoff game, bro. There's no value in that at Bruce all. Bruce Brown, bro. Landry Shamit. I know I said they would take anything, but I want like at least something that could see the court. Like that's that's not gonna work, dude. Yeah, I mean the, ba- the I, biggest I, thing I mean, is both of them are expiring contracts. Whereas Spencer Dinwiddie still got. I mean the, 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 the Nets have no value in the Nets. Don't need expiring contracts. They they're not gonna. They have no cap space to sign anybody in the free agency. Anyways, like they want an asset to help them this year. Like expiring contracts not gonna like. Unless it's a good player, but like it's not like Felicio's expiring is not going to do anything for them. They need someone that can actually play. I want a player that's going to help the Bulls right now. Can you guys think of a player that the Bulls could trade for to make this team from a, a bubble team or like a on the fringe team to a six seed? It'd be Lonzo Ball. It'd be Lonzo Ball. Yeah, that's the only one I would say. Yeah. I don't even think so. What's the trade? Would have to be Thad Young. Thad Young in a draft pick. And we're better. You think we're better with Lonzo and not no, Thad Young? No I, way. I would. I wouldn't want to give up Thad Young. It would probably be. I mean, the rumor is Sadoransky in a second round pick. That's the rumor. I mean, we might be better with that, but I don't think. Why would the Pelicans do that? That's pretty low. That's pretty low for the Pelicans. The Pelicans should probably ask for more than that. Even if Lonzo's an expiring, I feel like. I don't know. I mean, if, if they're willing to do it, yeah, I think the Bulls should take that offer because Lonzo would probably fit with yeah. Chicago. As a big market, and that's what Lavar keeps saying, how he, he can't play down there because they don't like – he just doesn't get the same spotlight that he would in most markets. Yeah. I mean, I think the only other offer they're even getting is Cam Reddish, which I would probably take Cam Red. Uh, I mean, it's pretty close. Lonzo and Trey Young would both be playing the starting guard positions? Yeah, that'd be the two starting guards. That's the offer that they're that the Hawks are offering is Cam Reddish for Lonzo Ball. The Pelicans should take that in a heartbeat. I just don't know that Lonzo and Trey Young are – are Lonzo and Trey Young really like a? You think they could play together? Not to be like the one ball guy, but aren't they like both point guards? Yeah, but I, I think Trey Young could play a little bit off the ball, and it might actually make him more efficient. Yeah, but do you think Trey Young's gonna want to do that? I don't think Trey Young's gonna want to do that. And funny enough, I mean, Lonzo Ball actually likes being off ball. He, most of the time, he's not even bringing it up. It's mostly Ingram and Zion. He's terrible off ball. That's because he has to. That's because that's just the team. Yeah, he doesn't have any moves yet. So I mean, no. I mean, I think for the Pelicans, that's the trade that makes the most sense. Alfred Payton without the ball in his hands is a zero, literally net zero. All right, but team. He's Lonzo's a forty percent three point shooter. Lonzo's yeah. a much better. He's so shooter. inconsistent though. He's so inconsistent though. Like, Dude, he's, he's shooting forty percent like, right now. He's doing yeah. Pretty, now good job he was right like now. at like twenty five percent the first like month or two of the season. I know, but the averages are saying he's better than that. So I'm saying he's, yeah, he's a good shooter. He's shooting a better three-point percentage than Trey Young, and he shot more threes than Trey Young. He's made more threes than Trey Young, and he's shooting a better percentage than Trey Young. So that's impressive. Like he's he's been pretty solid. I just I just don't know that him and Trey Young would be a good fit. It would be my only pushback. No, I don't think they would either. But the Pelicans would probably rather get Cam Reddish than than Sedaransky. And if they're offering Cam Reddish, which per Kevin O'Connor, they're, they're offering Cam Reddish. 100%. Those are the two offers they have. Sedaransky and a second-round pick and Cam Reddish. The second-round pick just sounds sus to me. I feel like this, the Pelicans should get more. The Pelicans should get a first-rounder and Sato as opposed to a second-rounder. But if the if that's what David Griffin would be willing to give up, yeah, I think the Bulls would be foolish to not accept that because it's definitely an upgrade for us at point guard. I mean, Sato has no place in our future. If we're getting Lonzo, then 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah. They would just also probably try to want to move Kobe because then Kobe is immediately going to not get minutes. Yeah, so that's what I was going to say is like since we're on the Bulls, is there would you trade Zach Levine or Lori? So you guys nah. know my pick. I've said this off pot off, Mike. This is the best trade that I could come up with, and it's ruthless towards Zach because he's really turned himself into a great player and someone that might be a top 15, top 20 guy. But if they could tell the Warriors – you give us James Wiseman and you give us that Minnesota unprotected pick or whatever their protections are where they can either get it this year or next year. Top three protected this year and next year. Like, so you're going to get a pretty decent lottery pick. Like that for Zach Levine is the only thing that makes sense to me because Wiseman is definitely a future player. Why though? Because you'd be getting potentially Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley. Potentially. Potentially. I know, but that's what all trades are, dude. You don't, like, know exactly in the moment. Like, the Rockets just did that for all those guys. I'm just saying, we should should have learned our lesson from the the Jimmy Butler trade. Where are we at now? True, true. No, I agree. I just think there's smarter people. Levine's good enough. Levine's, I mean, you're not wrong, but I just feel like Levine is good enough to wear. I mean, he's at a weird spot for sure, but. Yeah, I think, that's the I only thing that, I would say. If I was yeah, going to flip I, Zach, that's the only thing. I think I, I, would, I need I mean, a player. I don't think Wiseman's yeah. good enough yet, and I don't think a draft pick. Like I don't know. I, would, I, I wouldn't want this draft pick ahead of time. I would, it would have to be like a draft day. It would have to be a draft day trade where I know what pick I'm getting, not just like an unprotected yeah. or a, a top Jaylen protected sucks. pick, or like you you might get it at some point. Like if it's like all right, you're getting the top, you're getting the second pick right now for Levine, then maybe I like. And like yeah, like we know, like and Jalen Green, more of a or dr- Kuminga, draft, like, or Jonathan Suggs, one yeah. of those three, and Wiseman. That's a pretty good future play because those two are both nineteen and twenty, and it's two out of one. It just, where so, Zach is it's just, just one like guy. I'm. It's just still at the same time. It's just like at like when you traded Jimmy for Laurie and Zach Levine and Chris Dunn, who was like My, the fifth, the fifth pick saying, the year before. It was like that. That sounded exciting, are, and that's like you see, no, it's just no. no guarantee that like players could turn out. But these are just highly touted picks. Wiseman's a number one overall pick. Like, I feel like there's there's just a higher hit rate with these guys as opposed to what we've gotten in terms of Laurie and Kobe and Wendell, who are so. Has Wiseman showed good, you enough this year that he's going to no, be better than Levine for sure? He's he's another dude who's just he's kind of miscast because on any other team he would be with a really bad squad and they would say go out there and do what you're good at in terms of running the floor and facing up and making shots and just trying to get your points. Whereas in this team, he has to really like fit a role and more like roll to the basket than he would like actually get to showcase his skill set. So I think he's just a little bit on the, he's on a good team. Don't get me wrong. Playing with Steph Curry is good for any player, but he's not getting to maximize how good he could be is what I would say. I think it makes sense for the Warriors. I don't think it makes sense for the Bulls. I mean, I think Levine has turned into a, a, franchise player or at least like a franchise two so i think if anything they should focus a little bit more on laurie instead of extending him for like a 20 mil a year contract they should try to find a market for him the thing is what's the market going to be like what are they even going to get back you know because I, I i'm just saying like you look at like the suns last year like before they got chris paul is their team that much better than where the bulls are this year no, they're pretty hand in hand. I think they're pretty close, you know. And like, I mean, yeah. like, like Mikael Bridges is probably a, a further along than Patrick Williams. But like, you'd think like a year or two from now, Patrick Williams would be basically Mikael Bridges. But Mikael's like the Thad Young. Mikael is the Thad Young Pat Will combo. Yeah, and like, I mean, like, it's not like Booker's that much better of a defender than Levine. Like, I think Levine and Booker are probably pretty close to like on that level. And I don't know if people think of Levine that same way, but. I mean, if there if there was a Chris Paul trade like that, I think the it would could it could definitely make the Bulls like legit competitive. Yeah, in the East they would be as good as the Heat and the Raptors. I mean, the Raptors have been slipping, so as good as the Heat because the Heat have been really hot. Yeah, I, I it's just like they they're missing they're missing I don't know they're missing someone to pair with Levine. They need one more guy. Otherwise, I'm with Brand. I mean, I know Brandon said the tanking move isn't like his favorite idea, but like getting another 13 overall pick or someone like in the 10 to 12 range like. This team will get better with that, but I just don't think it's enough. Like they really have to try to find something free agency if they're not going to be trade buyers or sellers. No, at this you got to go. You got to go in on a direction. You have to either yeah, sell, sell, get, try yeah. to get a top five pick, or you got to buy and try to make your chances to make the playoffs better. Right now, we're just in the no man's land of getting like the eleventh pick, and it's just gonna like it's just like we're probably barely gonna get out of the playing tournament or just make it and then lose. 
Like it just like we're in no man's land. So yeah, we gotta just go in a direction. And I think Thad Young's a perfect. If we're selling, like um, I think any every contending team would want Thad Young. He would fit on any team. Oh but, yeah, I don't, and it, he, they said they don't want to though. They said they don't want to trade him. No, yeah, he's probably the one off the books. If anything, it'd probably be Laurie. It'd probably be Sato. Those would probably be the players that they could do it. I mean, how about uh, you know a straight up Thad Young for Norman Powell? That wouldn't be too bad. I think you know Norman Powell could be a good wing help for them. And he's obviously clearly progressed in terms of a scorer, and he's always been a defensive stopper. I don't know what what do you, like what is he? He's really like, I think we can do more than that. And like he's he's probably gonna want to get paid soon, probably more than he should get paid. And like what is like what position is he gonna play? He's basically gonna be like Kobe, maybe better. Yeah, except way better though. defensively, <laughs> way better defensively. I mean, the thing is they we ha- they have Kobe, and they think he's like the long term solution. So they either have to include Kobe in a trade and trade another person, or I mean, I don't know. Like it's like it's they're not gonna want to get a point guard to take away minutes from Kobe. So that's the thing. Yeah, like it's a weird. I spot. think I mean honestly, if if that Lonzo deal, if they included Kobe instead of Sato, if that would be sweeter for the Pelicans, which I feel like it probably would due to due to the age, I would include. Kobe, the second round pick. I, I wouldn't do. That. I don't think I would do that though. I, I think I like Kobe's potential more than Lonzo's potential at this point. I think we know what Lonzo is. What? Co- what? Well, Kobe's just a smart plug scorer. Kobe's a smart. He's a. He's like a Jamal Crawford, like Lou Will type of guy. That's pretty much what he's going down to. He. But he could be better than that. I think. I mean, th- like he's basically like Jamal Murray is basically what Kobe White was in like his second year. I'm not even saying I, like I don't think I Jamal suppose, Murray's that great. I, I think Kobe could get to Jamal Murray's level. I just think I like Lonzo's like profile in terms of like how he fits with Zach more than I do Kobe. Like Lonzo doesn't need the ball as much as someone like Kobe does, and Lonzo is a really good passer. He kind of knows where to be on defense. I would say Lonzo would f- make a lot of teams better right now, and maybe even down the road. I would do that if we got a first round pick. You need a first rounder with Lonzo. That's the only reason. That's the only way you would take Lonzo. If if it was for Kobe, yeah. Wow, you value Kobe way more than I do. Yeah. I, I think if we could just get Lonzo, I would be happy. I don't really, I don't really need anything else. I mean, it's not about what I value him. It's about what the league values him. I'm gonna try to get as much as I can for Kobe, who's a second year player who's like showed flashes of being good. Neither one of them had done anything. Who's? I mean, that's how young. I mean, that's what young players are. Like none of like. It's hard to show, like, it's hard to do anything when you're on a bad team. Like, Kobe's shown so flashes of being like, solid. So is Lonzo. Not, nah, but Lonzo's like a finished product at this point. Is he, though? He's like 23. What you, you think he's, he's going to get better? He's a, he's, a, he's a finished product in terms of, like, his passing and, and, and ball handling. And his passing is really freaking he good. He literally hasn't improved. His, his, his shooting has improved. He's 23 years old, and you're telling me he's not going to get any better as a player. He hasn't shown that he he hasn't gotten better since his rookie year. I understand that, but I think this year from three, he's been really good. So I would say he has gotten better and like been a consistent shooter. He went from seven assists, seven and seven. He went to from seven and seven his rookie year to now he's at five assists and four rebounds. But that's this is another thing where the system is not implemented for him to be the lead guy. They have Eric Bledsoe basically ranked. Running point guard, he would have more assists if they didn't have Eric Bledsoe. I'm sure he he's would. having a he's having a career high shooting from the f- from the field. He's having a career high in threes. Forty two percent though. Forty two percent is that's because he's been terrible shooting from the field his whole career. So forty two percent is a career high, which is still terrible. It's still improving. It's not a great number, but his three point number is the big number. And what's his free throw percentage this year? And he's got career a career low turnovers, free throw percentage career high at seventy almost seventy seven percent. That's impressive. They need him to be a good free throw shooter. But there's there's no way that's a guarantee that's gonna the sustain because his went from forty five percent free throw, forty one percent free throw, fifty six percent free throw, and then this year he's at seventy six. Like that's he a just jumped up twenty percent. So which, I mean, it's still an increase. It's still a steady increase. Per- he started at forty five percent. Yeah, that was really bad. I agree. But I'm just saying, as long as there's a trajectory going up. I mean, if he keeps at seventy six, uh, that's good. I think the I, I think that's the turnovers. And the shooting. The turnovers and the shooting, and he's having a career high in, in field goal attempts. So he's taking the, more shots than ever, shooting the best ever, and turning the ball over the least amount of times. Like Joe said, I think that's a great pair with Zach Levine. But he's having a career high in usage. So he's actually having, he's actually having, the, mo- he's actually having the ball in his hand more than ever. And, you know, he's having a career high. So then why does he only have five assists? I'm saying he could probably still put up more. I'm saying he could still put up more if Eric Bledsoe wasn't there. Because Brandon Ingram. 
is the the main ball handler he is. in that offense. That's Zach Levine. He's Zach Levine. So how yeah, is Lonzo gonna? Turno- what's Lonzo gonna do in this? Uh, the career. I'm saying he's gonna be the same player. I don't know if he's gonna be that much better. Like I don't. I, I like him. I, I, I think I he's a better him. fit than Ingram with Zion. I think him and Zion actually play pretty well together for the Pelicans. Because Zion and him have a good passing like chemistry where they both know where to be when to throw passes. Like you want smart passes on your team. So if you can have two that are really good, like him and like Zion isn't as good as Lonzo, but they both make each other better is what I would say. I mean, I would do it. I'm just saying I wouldn't do it for Kobe. I think there's okay. teams probably around the league that value Kobe higher that we could like actually try to get a better player. Like that's a lateral move. That's a sideways move. Okay. I feel like I'd rather, I'd rather use his like hypothetical potential and try to get a bigger player. No, like I said, they'd probably take that Cam Reddish trade. I mean, I think that makes the most sense. But, I mean, we've been going on for a while with the Bulls. So, I got one team, though, left that I think could be a pretty big player in the trade deadline that could make a difference for contending teams, and it's the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, Rashawn Holmes, all players that I think could be moved that could help teams. Do you guys see them moving or any teams that you think? I I know Joe has gone to the Celtics with Buddy Heald multiple times. Do you see any other place that you think he could land, or Harrison Barnes? I know that I think he would fit on the Celtics too, front court help. But you think those, or you think the Kings should just keep those guys? You think the Kings should just ride it out for the ninth seed? Yeah, I was gonna say they might have gotten baited uh, with Harrison Barnes because he had like a career high or game high with minutes when they faced each other not that long ago. I think like last week, and he actually had a pretty efficient game. So I think Harrison Barnes might make more sense for them just because he could play a small ball four, whereas Buddy Heald, I don't really trust him in terms of his defense. I mean, I don't really trust no. Harrison Barnes either. I don't trust Harrison Barnes either, but uh, it's slightly better than Buddy Heald. Honestly, Buddy Heald's like a, like a, like a luxury version of J.J. Redick. Like, he really is, like, he's a great shooter. He's a sharp shooter, but, like, he that's really only all he does. Like, he doesn't really put the yeah. ball on the floor and get to the hoop that much, and he doesn't really play defense that much, so, like, I mean, the Sixers, I think, yeah, would be undersized. a great... I think that'd be a great fit for Buddy Heald. Put Buddy Heald next to Ben Simmons and the Sixers. Him and Seth Curry. Like, I think that'd be a perfect fit. But I don't know if there's... I mean, maybe... I mean, the Bucks, if they can get Buddy Heald, I think they already made their move with P.J. Tucker, though. <laughs> yeah, they already got P.J. Tucker. I mean, I, I don't mind the, the, the Philly pick. The thing is, they'd have to give up a couple of players just to make the contracts work. I mean the thing the thing with I mean they got first round picks like I it's like the, you when you look at all the contenders you look at Clippers, Lakers, Nets. None of them have picks. The Sixers are the contenders that have picks. Like even the Bucks just gave up a ton of picks for Drew. Like the Sixers are the ones that have, probably have the most assets. So where like and you you have Tyrese and Shake Milton who are young players like I think the Sixers have to make a move if they really want to compete. Like I agree. You're just not you, if you want to go all in like, the other teams have gone all in. You basically have to go all in, unless they just don't think it's their year, which I don't know why you wouldn't. Well, well, yeah, Daryl Morey is all about going in to the highest degree. So it's like this team is only going to be good for this long, and I I think every year is a contending year when you got Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So, yeah, they if, if they really want to make sure that they have the best chance, they have to upgrade in one spot. So he's, he would be a good yeah. fit, similar to Oladipo. The one trade that I like for um, Buddy Heald would be to the Mavs for a package of Dwight Powell or Jalen Brunson in a first-round pick, one of those two players in a first-round pick, if the Mavs have one available. They trade one every year, so maybe the Mavs don't have the first-round So pick. the thing, I've heard the, the Mavs, so the way, like, they they have a couple picks, but the way that they have their picks are, like, they've traded previous picks out. Like, they've traded future picks previously to other teams, and they yeah. have protections on those, they have protections on those picks. So, mm-hmm. like, the way the protection works is that, like, if it doesn't land on this year, then it goes the next year. If it doesn't land on that year, then it goes the next year. And they do that for, like, seven years to where, like, the pick might not. And, like, basically, if, a, like, a, uh, the protections go out that far, you basically can't trade out any of those the picks that you have that could potentially go out because of those protections. So, like, they basically would have to give, like, one of the picks they traded away, they basically have to lift, lift those protections up. So mm. they could trade away a, another pick in the future, but like they basically just traded a pick with top protections, and now it's just like until that converts, they can't trade any of their future picks because we don't know what their future picks are. 
which okay. kind of like handicaps yeah. them. Hampers their value. They they don't have any moves to make. Then in that case, then it sounds like the Mavs are pretty stuck with the roster that they got. The way that uh, Powell's contract is set up, he's making 10 mil and 11 mil each year. So it would probably be some combination of Dwight Powell and Jalen Brunson. So the, the Kings would have to really just want to get off of Buddy Heald because he's just not working out with them and maybe just accept a loss and get to like, okay, role players. So I, I don't know how much the Kings would like you, that, you but need, the Mavs need, need another a wing. shooter. You need a wing though, I think. I don't think they want another Dwight guard. Like, Dwight Powell, yeah. yeah. Dwight Powell is more or less like the I, same like role player. Getting a Dwight, po- Dwight Powell and a guard. Like you're getting a big and a guard, I think is like the last thing they need. I, like I think they need like a wing, like almost like to play that three. Because like right now they're playing like healed, Fox and Tyrese all like they're closing games without three of them because it's like their best lineup but like like none of them are really guarding threes I mean Tyrese could kind of do it because he's just the best that can do it but like it's not like ideal for him you probably want a more traditional three so if you're trading buddy I would assume you want to try to get a three back but like Dorian Finney Sith or something if I I would probably do that but again I'd probably want a, a, a first round pick if if the mask could somehow work it out if I got Smith in a first round pick or something and Paul like that, like I think I might do that. Yeah. I like Buddy Hill going to the Knicks. They got an open roster spot. They can make it work. I think he would improve the one of the worst. Who are you giving up? Um, I mean I think they I I don't know what their pick situation is, but they can they got a bunch of expiring contracts. They could give up like Frank, you know, maybe like Kevin Knox and Frank and then like a first rounder. I mean, they're both really low contracts and like I said, they have an open spot and they're obviously giving up a first round pick. Philly definitely works with getting like Danny Green, maybe like Mike Scott in a first round pick. I think you could get Philly to overpay at this point. Yeah, Philly would have to give up a rookie, one of their one of their young guys, like Maxi or uh, what's it called, Thibault. Somebody better than that because otherwise the Kings aren't getting anything. I mean, Shake, Danny Green, and like two first-round picks would get Or Shake, yeah. Shake Milton's the least good of their young guys, so yeah, he would make the most sense. Like you, like I said, you could get them to give you like two first-round picks, which might be an overpay, but the Sixers might just want to do it to try to just compete this year. Yeah. I, I don't know if – I don't like Harrison Barnes. People – I don't – honestly, like people keep throwing him for trade rumors. I just – I just never been a Harrison Barnes fan, and the contract he's on is no. He's taking the bait. It's all about taking the bait. The the, the Kings have been trying to bait teams into him. Like I said, that's why they were trying to bait Celtics with the uh, game high minutes. But he doesn't really add too much. I mean, that's why I said technically the, the, he's a front court player. I, I, but if the Blazers got Harrison Barnes, I think it would help. If but again, it just comes down to what you're giving up, and I don't know if they had the pieces to give up anything. But like he could help the right team, or Nuggets maybe. Yeah. The, the Nuggets, maybe. I, I think it's just not fair to him that he plays the same position as, like, the most gifted players in the league. So if he's going against LeBron, Kawhi, Jimmy Butler, even to an extent, like, anybody that's that talented at the small forward position, like, even Tobias Harris, too, like, guys like that are just going to outplay him, and he he's just not going to really get it done for you at the small forward to power forward. He's just, like, he's slightly above average. Like, he's yeah. just no, not yeah. exciting. He, he, he You know where you're getting... And it's not bad. It's just not. But that's why I think like if he's like your fourth or fifth guy, but it's just like I, I don't know if it's it's gonna take a lot to give trade for him. Like it's just basically you're gonna have to trade a bunch of draft picks, which if you want to do it, what you trade for him? Yeah, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't give up anything. The Nuggets have been pretty good. I wouldn't be surprised if they just go crazy and just give R.J. Hampton and a couple firsts for Harrison Barnes. I think that that would make them pretty competitive. I just don't think they would do it though. If they can keep Michael Porter and they can keep. Yeah, basically just as long well, they're as they're definitely not that. trading Michael Porter. Yeah. They're definitely not trading Michael Porter. Maybe they're yeah, kidding. like a yeah. Jermichael, Gre- Jermichael Green and like RJ Hampton and like a first for Harrison Barnes. I guess that wouldn't be a terrible deal, but like I'm just like you said, I'm not too I high mean, on RJ Harrison Hampton's Barnes. a young enough player so that you could kind of convince yourself like, "Oh, we're getting something back, you know." I think, I, think I mean, I was pretty I, too. Yeah, I'm pretty high on RJ Hampton, so I think that would make sense for the Kings to get a young player like that. And I think Jermichael Green is a good role player too. Right. So it's just, but it's like, it's like Jermichael Green is probably one of their better defenders and you're getting Harrison Barnes, who's like an average defender. So it's like, it sounds good. Like it'd be good on paper, but will it make your team that much better? I, I don't really know. And to give up like such a young player. I mean, I think more likely than not, it would make more sense to make a push for Buddy Heald. For, from teams rather than Harrison Barnes and not take that bait. But it is the NBA, and teams do get baited. Like I said, it would make more sense for the, them to trade healed just because of the overlap of positions with 
Tyrese and Fox. Halliburton. Like, so yeah. yeah. But that's what I'm saying. I think they could actually get more value too, and it makes more sense for them to trade Buddy Heald compared to uh, you know Harrison Barnes. I feel like the only way is if they, if they bait someone into it. Both of them have shitty contracts, so <laughs> you gotta bait you gotta bait any team into taking them off your off your yeah. hands. They overpaid him to keep him in Sacramento, and now without like I mean Harrison Barnes has been a good fit, so he's not someone that they need to trade, but. I kind of agree with Brandon in terms of the overlap. They have a little too many. Yeah, players. but they overpaid uh, Buddy Heald too. He's he's got the highest contract on the team, so right. it's like right. So it's that's tough They, they got to try to move him, but yeah, if he's getting paid that much, they're they're in a bad spot. Yeah, and I mean the good thing about his contract is he's making less and less every year. So right now he's making twenty four mil, and he goes all the way to eighteen by in year four, which is twenty twenty four. So that's the only good thing, but still, I mean, long-term contract where your lowest your lowest year is 18 mil, or 18 mil plus, like 18 mil five, it's like not a good look. So clearly they, they, they want to be players, but it's it's like the opposite of the magic, where you want to be players, but it, not, it might not work out, and the magic, it's like people want them to be players, but it might just not work out. Yeah, I agree. They, they just, they have the goods, but the contracts aren't going to make them be as enticing as most teams would expect. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, anything's possible. We, we got still a little bit of time until some trades actually go through. And like I said, this is, uh, this is an exciting pod because this is where we really start tinkering with contracts and tinkering with how teams can get better by these players. And it's not going to live up to the James Harden hype. But we'll see. Could be a little splash there, a little splash there. Yeah, man. It'll be exciting to see what teams can upgrade and really make themselves contenders as we get into this last push. So we'll, we'll be excited to check back in next week and put our grades on whatever these teams do, what teams are really ready to win it all and what teams just kind of just stayed put. Yes, sir. Can't wait to say the Evan Fournier trade was the biggest highlight of the trade deadline. Yeah. I, I was saying, man, I was saying that might be the most likely one, Evan Fournier. But that's a wrap. I mean, like Joe said, we will be having another pod next week grading whatever trades did go down minus the James Harden trade because we already felt the way we felt about that one. You already know how we feel about that one. So tune in for that one and for now, just be on the lookout and just enjoy the deadline, guys. Peace. See you guys next week. <laughs>